Blog Talk Radio. Are you able to discern fact from fake? Sometimes that's difficult to do. After all, as it is often said, truth is stranger than fiction. And we're going to do something different on this show. We're intending to spark your curiosity and inspire critical thinking in a fun and entertaining way that will allow you to learn a few facts you perhaps do not already know, while at the same time, open you up to using these tools that will prove quite beneficial in your everyday life. So stay tuned. We're going to get to that in just a moment. This is your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am the founder and CEO of the Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. I'm also a reconnective healing practitioner, certified vibrational sound therapist, and positive psychology and energy psychology practitioner at Quantum Wellness Center, my private practice located in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. My guests, Joan Paquette and Laurieann Thompson, are independent authors, each of whom have written many books. 
Joan primarily writes fiction, while Lori primarily writes nonfiction. And we're very fortunate because they're here to discuss the first book of the Two Truths and a Lie series that they are co-authoring. And this one has the subtitle of It's Alive. So welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you both for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? Very well. Thank you so much. Happy to be on the air with you. Yeah, yes, and I'm happy to have you here. And your book is really it is it is very fun. It is very entertaining. It's very educational too, and you know very um, different to have on this show. We don't typically have uh, books like this, but it really does something to you in the way that it allows you to think beyond the norm. And both of you, each of you, have written many books in your own right. And Joan, you've been Laurie's literary agent for her former books. So I guess, yes. first of all, how, how did you come to co-author this series? How did it go from being literary agent to, hey, let's be co-authors? Um, sure. Well, I, um, as, you, as you mentioned, I'm also an author. Um, and um, this, this idea sort of came about from seeing, uh, for one thing, some of these amazing true stories that we all see go by on social media, the, you know, incredible animals and and people and and facts, Um, and also seeing some of these um, stories that on first glance seem to be true, but then when you click through and dig a little deeper, you find out that they're actually elaborate hoaxes. Um, And so, so this idea came, like, what if there was a book that combined those elements to where you have a chapter that shows some true stories and or, you know two true stories and one fake, um, and then the readers have to figure it out. So um, I had sent this idea over to Lori because I was like, well, this is primarily a nonfiction book. I am a fiction author, so even though this idea sort of came into my author brain, it didn't think that I would know how to tackle myself. Um, but then when I sent it to Lori, um, she had the idea, well, hey, why don't we work on this together? Um, and I loved that idea. And so we became, you know, we did a little dance and <laughs> became co-authors mm-hmm. as well as um, author and agents. And I, I have just loved working with her. And it makes sense because this book is both fiction and nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It just goes right. Yeah. Originally, we had thought we would divide it, um, you know, sort of where I would focus on the fiction and she would focus on the nonfiction because that was sort of our our primary wheelhouses. But um, but as it turns out, we both um, and Lori can can speak to her side of it. But I think we both really enjoyed kind of you know edging out of our comfort zone. Um, and I, for one, have loved the fiction, the nonfiction side, which I didn't mm-hmm. expect to. Um, but that was really one of the things that got me so excited was these amazing um, aspects of our world and, and just being able to research and put them into a story form has been incredible. Yeah, it's a and, great and format. Conversely, I've had so much fun doing the fiction uh, stories. We've actually flipped a little bit um, because it's it's a little bit freer. I can get a little crazy and get a little bit more fun. Um and I know that I have Joan's expertise to to back me up and uh, you know help me do a good job in something that that is a little bit new for me. So it's it's really been kind of the best of all worlds, uh, getting to to branch out and try something new, but but have an expert by my side um, guiding me through it. So it's it's really been a lot of fun. That that is good because you're stretching each other in ways that you didn't know you could, and the challenges that are there, you're meeting them, but you've got somebody there to support you in that. So it really works out well all the way around, and especially for the reader. Yeah, we hope so. (laughs) (laughs) It does. It's interesting because so many people believe everything they see on the Internet because, you know, everything on the Internet that you read is absolutely gospel, and we all know that. (laughs) And so many times there are things, and uh, people have told me something, and I said, don't believe everything you read on the Internet. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know, it's really hard to... You know, I, I don't know. And, and, and people will say things like, well, they can't do that. They can't just get into your computer when they call and tell me it's Microsoft, it's them, right? And I'm like, no, no, it's really not them. They don't call you any more than the IRS does. It, it, it doesn't happen. So I think that your book takes the different 
tidbits, if I can call them that, that you find on the Internet or anywhere that might not be true and allows people to see that, oh, yeah, okay, this one sounds viable. But then when you read some of the others and you realize, oh, my God, that one's actually true. I mean, I was surprised by a couple of them in the book. I was like, wow, I did not see that coming. (laughs) You know, so you pick some great stories. And this one is pretty much biology-based, correct? Correct, yep. Life science. That's right. Okay. Why'd you start there? I think hmm. both of us just love animals. Um, I think we love the animal world and and nature, and, and I think kids really do too, something that kids really connect with from a really, really early age. And so we just we were finding lots and lots of stories of interest in that area, so that's where we decided to start out. And you have... I, I believe this is correct in some of the things that I was reading. You have already a list of some of the future books that will be in the series? We have a big list of subjects and stories. Um, and we, as far as books coming, we have three titles planned so far. Um, so book okay. two is actually, well, not book two, the subsequent book in the series because they really are, independent they you know you can read them in any order um but the the next book is coming out uh in just almost exactly a month june 26 i believe um and that uh that one is social studies ish themed so geography history things to do with place um and and things surrounding that so that one's coming and then we have a third one that is the following year um, and that, that's, that's the ones that are firmed up so far. You know, you're not, you're not picking topics that are easy to discern fact from fiction. <laughs> <laughs> that's the idea. I, I'm guessing that's on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing that that's on purpose. Yes. You know, because, when, you know, we're going from animals to like history or the world when you, there are so many things in the world that, are unbelievable that they're just discovering right now when you think that can't possibly be true and yet someone is there, you know, telling us about it on the news and you're seeing it. And it just, it's astounding how amazing and impressive and miraculous this world is. So you must be having so much fun coming up with the facts and probably having a more difficult time, I would think. Are you making up the, the fiction or are you finding the fiction somewhere? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing, a little bit of both. Um, sometimes we'll come across a well-played hoax uh, that, that somebody put out there either as an April Fool's joke or just as a website to kind of serve as an example of what you can put out there and have people believe. And so we'll find something that was a, a a known fake that somebody else created and kind of riff off of that a little bit. Um, Sometimes we'll find a true story that seems really unbelievable and then we'll just give it a completely made up explanation. So, so the thing may be true, but the reason behind it is completely fake. Um, And then other times we'll just make something that's completely fiction up out of our imaginations. So um, yeah, the fakes can come from a lot of different places depending on uh, what we've run across and, and where our imaginations take us. That can't be easy. I mean, it's got to be harder than writing a, a book where you can, you, you kind of know the plot line. <laughs> I think that, I think the fakes are definitely have been challenging uh, because again, with the truth, you're just, you know, the hardest part well, I mean, not that it's not effortful to, to craft the story, but the, you know, a big part of the truth is, you know, narrowing down your list because there's so many incredible stories, especially when it comes to animals and like some of the, you know, some of the things that are out there just defy belief. And in fact, um, we've come across some trouble with making up um, fake stories because as we think that we're just like getting completely wild and crazy, a, a little light Googling turns up, oh wait, that's, a real thing and that happened last year and um, so it you know coming up with something that actually doesn't exist and hasn't happened um, it is surprisingly hard um, so that's that's been interesting but uh, but you know certainly the the um, you know ha- how the 
story is crafted, you know, you said sort of writing between the difference between writing a novel and um, these stories. One thing that I do like about it is that it's kind of bite-sized. So um, it, it's all immersive for that story. You do a ton of research, you sink into that moment, place, person, and so on. Um, but then you're writing this 600-ish word article, um, and then you set that aside. So you can kind of divide up your um, writing brain a little more easily than when you're doing a longer piece, which I appreciate. It, you know, as, as an author, we're always packing different things into our day. So, um, you know, especially working remotely, we can work on this story and then send it back and forth to each other in a way that, that feels very organic. Yeah, I can understand how it would be difficult to come up with fiction because, as I said at the beginning in the introduction, truth is stranger than fiction, and we're learning so much more now because of the technology we have. We have access to, to information that things might be happening around the world that, you know, we wouldn't normally, we wouldn't have typically had access to quite as quickly even 10 years ago, you know. And so now you get things very, very quickly, and it goes viral, and people think it's true, and then something else happens, and they realize, oh, that's not true. And I think a lot of the fake stuff is actually things that you'll find in uh, celebrity columns and those types of magazines or tabloids or whatever. There's a lot of fake stuff in there that you can garner. April Fool's Day jokes in magazines sometimes you know, a reputable magazine will print an article or has in the past for April Fool's, and sometimes we've, we've uh, sort of appropriated those for our purposes. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. to, and you, you know, the book, first of all, the book is uh, dedicated into chapters of three separate stories. So each chapter contains two truths and one lie. And mm-hmm. it's very colorful. It's, it's easy to read. It's brief to read, you know, and you want to finish the chapter. I was doing like a chapter a day because I, I just couldn't, I, I didn't have the time to like sit down and go through all of it. And at one point I started to do that and I'm, I was so confused. And I was like, okay, I, I don't know which thing I'm going to say. I mean, I don't know which one I like best because in reading them so quickly for the show, it's like, oh God, <laughs> you know, I don't remember what was in each separate chapter. So um, you know, I think it's a good it's a good learning tool. Who is your audience? Who did you mean to be your audience, and who are you finding to be your audience? Is there a difference? That's a great question. Um, I think our original audience was kids ages eight to twelve or so, um, and I've been really surprised and and really rewarded to find that. There's kind of no upper age limit. We're finding a lot of adults who love it, and, in fact, a lot of families are emailing and saying how much they enjoyed sharing it together across generations or on a road trip or when they were camping or, you know, that they were able to take it along as something that they could all share in equally. Um, that's been really special for me to, to hear those comments, that, it, that it's kind of it's crossing the age boundaries. So that, that's really fun for me. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah, I think that that's that I could see how it would be geared to eight to twelve year olds. I am not eight to twelve, and I love the book. <laughs> I thought it, because it it gives you something to do. It makes you think, and it's not your typical let's play Monopoly or you know we've had power outages here in the Northeast consistently since March, and with all the rain and the snowstorms that we've had, and so there's a lot of downtime you know, like five to seven days worth of downtime where you can't do anything and you get sick of the typical board games where this is a book that you can pick up and, and really delve into, like problem solve it. That's, that's why the critical thinking comes into play because you are trying to think, well, wait, this could be real because, you know, and so I think the adults are picking up on that and liking it because of the challenge. It is a challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. We hoped it would be. We didn't want to make it easy. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't. You know, I mean, it's funny because I thought, wow, it's like that show, Oh, You're Smarter Than a Fifth Grader. I am not. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you right. learn that stuff in the fifth grade and then you forget it, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. this was very interesting. And I can see how, you know, it, you could inspire children to think and doing a road trip is a great idea because it's totally different. And yet it's one book that is so 
compact and has a lot of information in it. So it will take quite a while. There's nine chapters. It will take quite a while to go through each one. And if you, you know, do one a day, it really, you can have a lengthy conversation, I think, over each each chapter. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot of... Yeah, um... I think... Go ahead. Go ahead, <laughs> Your turn. Oh, I was going to say, there's a lot of, there's a lot of debates and, and uh, you know, uh, we, yeah, as Laura said, we hear from families who, you know, there's this one, one uh, woman I talked to said that her family reads a chapter before breakfast in the morning. And then, you know, sometimes you'll have, um, you know, some, some people rooting for one story, some people rooting the other story. And, and I think that discuss, discussion element um, really, you know, encourages sort of collaborative thinking and, and you know, sort of an analysis um when you have differences of opinion. So you're, you're teaching critical thinking in a way that's enjoyable, but you're also um, sort of getting a look at how the other thinks, you know, as a parent, you know, how did your kid look at life? And as a kid, well, okay, well, this is how adults kind of reason. So I think there's a lot of layers, um, you know, on one level, funding, but, but there's also a lot going on behind the surface um, that, that can be quite interesting on all sides. I think it also teaches yeah. if, if if a teacher were to read this with her students, it or even like you said, even a parent, it will allow you to see how your child learns, so that you know better how to present. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah teachers have really embraced it. I think um, you know not only is there a lot of of subject content in this in this case with the first book in the series, it's science. Um, you know, in the in the second book, it's more social studies and history, um, but but they're learning those subjects while they're reading it. But they're also learning that critical thinking as well as the information literacy. You know, how do they spot a fake? Um, how can they figure out uh, which one is real and which one isn't? So so they can kind of hit two birds with one stone, sort of, where they you know are are covering subject content, but also all this other stuff that gets added on with it, which, you know, and, and the whole time the kids are really enjoying it and having a lot of fun with it. So, yeah, we've been really happy to see it um, end up in classrooms as well. And in this day and age, they need to learn that because there is so much out there that is not accurate, is not a fact. And children are learning things that, I mean, there are even things that come across the Internet that will say, if you learned this in high school, you're wrong now because it's been proven differently. So even mm-hmm. the things that were true and accurate when I was going to school, some of it is not true and accurate now. <laughs> I right. I think exactly. of a good example of that, but I know it's true. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, and there's even things that we're, we're learning more about where um, what we learned was true, but we only learned part of the truth, you know, like, like Christopher Columbus. And, uh, you know, he was sort of held up as a hero when I was in school, and now we're kind of finding out that, well, some of the things he did weren't actually really so great. Um, and yeah, so not so I much. We're, we're, we're getting a, a fuller, broader picture now of things than, than we had before, and, and that's all good, right? <laughs> we we want to have that. But, yeah, it does make you really realize that you have to start questioning things and not just taking them at face value. And question everything because that's that's so vital and important when you're going for a job, when you're working with people in any type of relationship that you have because the the trust that you need to have, you know, it, I think it also teaches a gut feel because you can be reading something and initially I really believe you know deep down whether it's real or not, but then if you continue reading you think, well, okay, you start to doubt yourself and think, well, this might be real. You know, and it's like trying to figure out a magician's trick, you know, and thinking, well, it might be magic. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. You don't know how something is done. But I, I really think that your gut, you have to, like, go with your gut. And I think if, if the kids are, are learning through the use of this book, and you said it's in schools, correct? Yeah, yep. That's right. Is it in a lot of schools, or is it a, a given area, or someone just picked it up and decided, okay, I'm going to use this in my classroom? Do you know um, exactly what the usage is? Well, it's mostly, you know, just teachers that come upon it and then want to adopt it for use in their classroom. 
we have um, two different curriculum guides that, that we put together. One's more aimed at teachers and one is more aimed at librarians um, to use the book uh, in their teaching. And so, you know, a lot of them will just find those materials and, and start to work with them in that way. So, uh, yeah, they're coming in from a variety of, of angles, but it's mostly driven by individuals. So you also did those yeah. teaching guides at the same time. Well, okay, that's interesting. I had no idea that those were in existence. Is that something anybody can get? Can you get that as well as the book so that you as a parent know how to do a better job being the quote-unquote teacher? Yeah, they're available for free for download. <laughs> yeah, any anybody anybody can grab them and they're full of tips about, you know, how to do research and how to verify a source, how to tell if something can be trusted or not. Um yeah, kind of all kinds of activities and and exercises around those kinds of things. I think it's interesting now, to um, see how, like you mentioned, you know, is, is it sort of in different parts of the country? Um, and, and I think mm -hmm. that one, one thing that we all have seen from books um, that we enjoy is that when you really love something, you start talking it up to, you know, hey, right. you have to read this, you'll never guess. And, and you know, you kind of tell someone who gets it and tells someone else. Um, I think we've, we've seen, uh, you know, quite a bit of that with Two Truths and a Lie where, um, you know, from from schools, I mean, certainly from, from you know, kids themselves also, but but um, a lot of teachers, as Lori said, have really embraced it. And um, we're, we're hearing, you know, whether on, on Twitter online or, or just, you know, through, through word of mouth, we're hearing that they're recommending it to others. Um, and, um, and and sort of I think it's, it's sort of spreading um, that way, and we, we certainly would love for for it to, you know, reach a, an, an ever wider audience because, of, you know, it seems like something that not only is it, as we said, entertaining, but it just is still so timely for the information age where, you know, kids have to develop those skills just to be able to navigate this this world that is so different from the type of world that we grew up in where, you know, you're going to the encyclopedia to find out facts, um, and it's just so, so different, and, and all the rules are kind of changing in front of our eyes. That's true, because yeah. there are probably people listening that are thinking, what's an encyclopedia? <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah scary it's, pop, it's it's really true. <laughs> Joan and I both go to schools and, and talk to kids about this topic and, and um, share with them a little bit of the you know story behind the story about the book. Uh, and first of all, I'm always, kids are always shocked when I tell them that, Anybody can put anything out there. They're like, but wait, if they yeah. tell a lie, isn't that, isn't that illegal? Can't they get arrested or sued? <laughs> and I'm like, no. No, anybody can put anything out there. And, and it blows their minds, like, that, that you can just say whatever you want. <laughs> um, and it doesn't matter. Well, it's my mind, too. Not. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, you know, I've seen kids who, you know, are, are old enough almost to be on social media and, and be on the Internet kind of unrestricted. And they don't even know that kind of that basic tenet of anything can be put out there, whether it's true or not. Um, and so that's kind of really scary, first of all, that they, they don't understand that yet. Um, and a lot of the studies out there show that, that, you know, kids really can't discern when they're looking at a web page between what's an ad, what's sponsored content, what's opinion, um, what's satire you know, what's fact. They they really don't understand all those nuances and and in a lot of cases we adults don't either, right? I mean I know I've fallen for things that are jokes and I don't realize they're supposed to be jokes at first, you know, and then I have to go back and go, wait a minute, that can't be right. Um and so I think there's just there's a lot of that <laughs> uh out there going on and, and just spreading kind of awareness is is really important and and one of the things that we try to do when we're appearing in person in schools as well. And it's not just, you know, we've got two different things going on here. The kids that are, you're kind of shocked thinking, wow, that they're shocked that they don't realize that anybody can say anything they want and get away with it. That's the times we live in. And then if you go to the other extreme, which is the 
older generation, and I'll say people, I mean, there are people that are probably over the age of, I don't know, 50 or 60, who believe that whatever is on the internet, it must have to be true because you can't put out a lie. So they're a generation that says, we grew up with you don't lie. And there are these kids that think you can't lie. And both of them are wrong because they can throw anything on the internet. There's no person who is, you know, policing the internet to see if things are true or false and what we need to do about it to make sure that everybody's safe. Look at all the stuff that's going on with Facebook and everything else. There's no policing, right. no matter what anybody says. Nobody, you know, it's up to the parent to police. But when it comes to the older people, I mean, I have some friends who are, you know, I know this one woman that's, she's 80 something. And many times she says, well, I saw it on the internet. It's like, don't believe what you read on the internet. She says, but it was there. It was, it was done by a journalist. Well, journalists today, no offense to any journalists out there, but there are many, 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 many journalists who are not, you know, trying to find out. Who is the source? Is it accurate? They're not, check, they're not doing the fact-checking that they once were told they had to do before a story went to print. Right. And, and that's a fact. On the internet who are reporting who aren't journalists. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But even when you go yeah. to magazines and stuff, it's like, did you even bother to fact-check? I mean, I've had people write articles about me, and I've said, did you check with me? You wrote stuff that's not true. I never said that. Mm-hmm. You recorded. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? Let's listen to the recording together. Why did you make that up? I mean, I've had issues, and now it's like, I'll do it if you send me the article, and I can read it and change it, because you're clearly not paying attention. And, and that's a problem. They're trying to just sell a magazine, or sell, you know, and that's, that's horrible. That's horrible. So it's, yeah. it's hard to be able to, to do, I think you've got everybody from zero up until grave, you know, where from, from crib to grave, really, who could read this book and gain a lot out of it simply because it does open your eyes and you think, oh, wow, okay, I didn't see that coming. Because a lot of these stories are very, they're, they're very educational. It's not like it's, you know, anything that's um, small. There's no small stories in here. Do you know what I mean by that? Hmm. I, I think so. There's no stories that that an adult would know that a kid wouldn't. Is that what you mean that we didn't we didn't write down? Well, and I also think these are not things that have been out there forever. It's not like you know if you don't put sunscreen on, you know you'll get a sunburn because so you need to wear sunscreen. And then there's the opposite side of that. Well, if you wear too much sunscreen, it's not good for you because you're not getting the vitamin D that you need. It's not as plain as that. You've picked stories mm-hmm. that are totally. Uh, obscure actually they're way out there they're you know they're not anything I mean I wish I where's the one about the um oh god I think it was about endangered plants a fungus among us okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah it reads just yeah it reads just differently and it is it is so very interesting to read these things because it goes deeper I guess they're not popular in there and they go deeper and that's what makes it a good book is that it's not your everyday run-of-the-mill things that you hear and say oh yeah I heard that I knew that right yeah and and for me I think I think the danger in this topic is that we don't want people to walk away from it going well I can't believe anything nothing is true right <laughs> we, we don't want them to get cynical and so I think um you know, having it be this way where, first of all, it's two truths and a lie, so the majority of the stories are true um, and are verifiable, um, hopefully gives people hope that they can, you know, they can figure out whether something is true or not. And, and we can live our lives based in fact and reality. Um, and we don't have to just give up and, <laughs> and stop believing in anything because, you know, we have proof. We, we know what's real if we just take the time to try to figure it out and and even kids can figure it out so it's definitely worth doing yeah I don't think anything I don't think somebody would walk away cynical thinking I can't believe anything because of the way that it's presented there are two truths and then there's one that's not it's more I don't want to use the word game but it is a challenge it is like a game or a brain teaser in that you need to actually think about these and therefore to me it shows you that there's more truths out there that maybe you don't believe and you ought to look at differently so rather than walking away cynically, I don't think that's an issue at all. If somebody said that to me, I'd be shocked. I'd think, did you read the book? <laughs> well, right, and, and we haven't gotten that response yeah. to the book at all, but, but I think that it's a danger when you're talking about 
you know, this idea that, that anybody can put anything on the internet, suddenly it becomes, well, then I can't believe anything, right? And so, um, yeah, uh, hopefully that was our goal with the book was to show that opposite side, that no, it can be really fun, right? Um, it can be really exciting. Yeah, and I think I think kids would, I could see how this could be used in a classroom. I could see how it could be used by parents and, and even adults. I mean, there are people, I, I've left it in my waiting room, and people have said to me, hey, I just read, did you know this? And I'm like, really? Really, you're asking me, it's in the waiting room. Do you think I didn't read the book? <laughs> you know, let's get on with your treatment. <laughs> you know, So it's really kind of funny. <laughs> oh, but they're going to tell me something. That, you know, What's really cool about that is that they want to tell someone else something that they learned. So that's the thing. They're passing on this information. You know, mm-hmm. And, and yeah. I think that's cool. Now, you had, you had mentioned our second book, but your second book, it's not out yet, is it? It's not it's out yet, but it's out being out. Yeah. Yep. June 26th, it's going to be out. I'm sorry, what's the date? June 26th. Oh, so next month. Almost exactly a month. And, and the other, uh, the other uh, new development is that uh, a paperback edition of, the, of It's Alive, the first book, um, has just come out last week. This week? This week. A couple days ago. This week. Um, on yeah. Tuesday. So, uh, so that is now available, and it's this beautiful um, you know, same full color, shiny. Um, you know, but 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 even more portable. And um, so we're we're really excited to have that hit the shelves. And I feel like that's going to be great for for kids to to you know feel like it's even more um, even more accessible to them and and you know available. So that's that's really fun. I think yeah, and the, part the of the book, thing. The book that comes out next month is histories and mysteries. Is history? And, I'm sorry, I keep losing you. I don't know what. Yeah, the, the book. Yeah, I think some of the stories in the in the forthcoming book, the one that's coming out in June, histories and mysteries. I think some of my favorites um, are in that one. It's it's. Uh, I mean, I feel like I love all the stories because there's so much interesting and unusual information. But that one mm-hmm. has some has some really quirky quirky directions. So I think I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for for people to read. Yeah, I and agree. the thing I haven't seen that one, and I'm sure if it's written like this one and with the same types of pictures, because you guys did a great job. Your illustrator did a great job with taking the story and then putting in real pictures. You know, like mm-hmm. it wasn't a drawing; it's a graphic of you know the vocal cords open and closed, or a pig, or there's the person doing LASIK surgery. I mean, these are real pictures, which also lends itself well to thinking, okay, is this real or not? Because there's a picture <laughs> showing me it's real, right. you know? Mm-hmm. So there's the challenge of the visual too, because that backs up what you're reading. So you're yeah. using much more, yeah, of your intelligence to, to ascertain what is true and what isn't instead of just, because you can read something on a newspaper page and say, yeah, okay, that's not true. But when you start putting pictures with it and making it believable, it makes a huge difference. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and we actually did all the sourcing of the photos and, and found all the photos to go with the stories. Um, and then we, there was a professional Photoshop illustrator who was able to doctor some of the photos to get us really good fakes when we needed them. So. <laughs> well, they did a good job, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because it all just works so well together, you know. I can't wait to see the next book. That I didn't realize it was coming out this June. So congratulations on that. Now, is that one going to be a hardback or a paperback? Hardback first, um, and yep. then the, the paperback will follow next year. Okay, yeah, because there are those of us who really love a hardback book. You know, no matter yeah. what, I want the hardback. And if, if a book comes out yeah, in paperback and I'm looking for a hardback, yeah. That's mm-hmm. great. It'll come up first in first in, in, in the hardcover. And those are those are great for, you know, sharing and, you know, like well, you know, keeping also. I'm like you, like you want to have that that beautiful edition. Um, but also, you know, yeah. if you're if you're in a classroom, for example, and you're passing it around to a bunch of kids, um, that you know, it's it's gonna be beneficial to have a sturdy hardcover there. Yeah. It, the uh, people who are in the classrooms who have it, I mean, they obviously belong to, you know, education associations and stuff. Um, have you spoken to them about maybe spreading the word and adding it as part of the curriculum? Um, yeah, we've been to a couple of, of 
conferences where we've presented and um, educators have, have presented about it um, as well. So, yeah, we're, we're hoping to see it spread. <laughs> I think it will once you have, you know, when, especially after the second book comes out, you send that to the people who have the first book, and they'll, they'll start to talk amongst themselves when they go to all the teaching conventions and such. Now, I, I haven't been able to actually discern who's who on the line with me. I know I have Joan and I have Laurie Ann, but I don't know your voices yet, so I'm going to ask you, do either one of you have a favorite in this book? I know one of you said history was your thing and you're looking forward to the book next month coming out, but in this book, was there a favorite chapter or story that you would be willing to share? Oh, Go ahead, Jen. That's hard. That's a hard question. I think one of my favorite <laughs> stories in, um, in It's Alive um, is uh, the story of Mike the Headless Chicken. Um, I, I have a I have a fondness for that particular tale. Of course, I can't reveal on the air whether it's true or false, but, um, but that is a <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love that one as well. <laughs> um, but I, I is there I a but coming? One, sorry, what? Is there a but coming? I love that one as well, but. <laughs> oh. I love that one as well because there's a backstory which I can't share because that would give away whether it's true or false. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> but I, I was going to say that uh, my favorite ones to write in It's Alive were the ones dealing with plants, the ones in part one, um, because I it just I guess I didn't know very much about plants, and, and those stories just blew my mind, the fact that, plants can communicate with each other and can communicate with animals and insects and, um, you know, just the way they use the fungi as their communication network. I mean, just kind of everything about the plants was new to me because I, I never had a biology class and um, hadn't learned this stuff along the way, I guess. So I really loved uh, doing the plant stories because I personally learned a whole lot that I just found fascinating. I like the plant stories because I do plant. So I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I know this. Oh, <laughs> that was one that I got right. I could get it right. That was the thing. It was totally selfish on my part. <laughs> that was pretty much it. Well, but I really... Yeah, I like the ones about the animals, and there are so many of those. I really had n no favorites. I just really liked all learning about all the different animals and the the words that were used and how they, how you chose to group them together. You know, prehistoric Bambi. Um, I mean, everybody give any information on air, but you have to buy the book if you want to find out what the truth of a lie is. So we're not giving you a lie here, you know, and, but the book is available. Now, where is the book available? It's available uh, at Amazon. I know that, but people can get it at their local booksellers as well. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, hopefully, you yeah. know, anywhere and everywhere. And um, what actually as, as authors, like if, if a book isn't available, um, then, you know, requesting it from, the bookstore that, that you're in is always, you know, it's sort of a multiple benefit. Well, you know, you get to buy the book, but um, it can introduce a bookseller who might not be aware of the title and, and uh, you know, they might get to find out something. Um, and also libraries are, are not to be underestimated too, because, um, you know, of course I, I know the book is available in a lot of collections, but um, when there's a book that, is not available, um, you know, asking your librarian to order it um, is, is very helpful for authors and, and, of course, for all the other readers that make it available, too. And But you want to make sure that you buy a book so that you have it at home and can use it. So go out and buy the book and buy the book. You know, the holidays are right around the corner. I know people think I, that's crazy when I say it, but it's already May. <laughs> We're looking at we're looking down down the shaft of June. <laughs> oh my God! Those, the year is going by very very quickly. And you're, and you're all done. <laughs> That's right. You know, so so going and and you have the option of getting paperback or hardback. And I would say, you know, stick to the same one. So go buy the hardback of this because the hardback is coming out in June of the next one. What is the subtitle name? This one's it's alive. What is the subtitle name of the one on? Oh, histories and mysteries, right? Yeah. Right. Yep. 
Okay. So yeah, check and, that and out. Because another, thing, another reason to buy it right now, we think, is it's great for summer reading. And, you know, everybody talk, hears about how kids lose some of their learning over the summer. They go a little bit backwards, the summer slide, it's called. And uh, we think these books are a great way to keep them engaged, keep them reading, keep them thinking about that subject matter, whether it's science or history, um, and, you know, have a lot of fun while they're doing it. So we think it's a way to do the summer will. slide. It's a great way to do that, and they will because it's, it is so, it's something to learn from and to, to entertain them and they don't know they're learning. So, you know, it's like a sneaky thing to do, which is great. <laughs> like we tell sneak, them right up front. Sneaking vegetables. So, yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, you just have to do this. So it's good to get for those car trips, those long rides, those times when they're tired and it's really, really hot and you, you need to talk or do something to make sure that they're, they're kept aware and, and functioning instead of just whining and complaining. So you have two books that you can get. You can get Two Truths and a Lie, It's Alive. And on June 26th, you can get Two Truths and a Lie, Histories and Mysteries. And they're both in hardback. One is in It's Alive will be in paperback. It came out last week. So you can get that one. But even more importantly, you can look at these books and realize how good they are and then go back and cross off your list for the holidays that are coming up and say, okay, now we've got these people done. It's out of the way. You'll enjoy the holidays more. You allow yourself to be free of stress. And it's a great tool for anybody, you know. So there's lots of options here. Go buy the books. That's probably key. <laughs> you can also just pre-order buy the, um, the history. I was going to ask you that. Can um, you pre-order the next? You can pre-order. Yep, okay. I know online yep. on Amazon you can pre-order it, and it'll. From what I hear, it shows up on your doorstep right on the day of. And I know with booksellers as well, if you put in your order ahead of time, they can have that copy waiting for you right at the at the checkout desk on the day of publication. So that way, it's you know it's out of the way, and you got that. You know you got that coming. Yeah, yep. and that's and that's absolutely true. They are very good about getting it to you the day of. I've had books that I've ordered come to me the day of. People have ordered my book and they've gotten it the day of. I'm sure they'll. It's just the way it is. They have it there on time, so that you can be one of the first and and walk around and say, "Hey, I have the book. I didn't have to wait in line." Now you two are on opposite coasts, correct? That's right. Correct. So now, are you doing independent book signings? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have So both if somebody coasts. wanted, yeah, you, yeah, you hit both coasts. So somebody's going to have to travel to get both signatures, right? <laughs> <laughs> or or catch us on the rare money. occasion when we're together. Now, Dee, I couldn't find your website on the information that I received. What is your website? So is there a website for this book or for the both of you? Yeah, we don't my have website an is website for the book. Right. Yeah, we each have our own. Ah, okay. All right. So you each have your own website. And is it your name? Why don't, why don't you tell us what your websites are so people can check them out? Mine is easy. It's just Lori, L-A-U-R-I-E, Thompson.com. There you go. LoriThompson.com. Yeah, mine is A.J. Paquette, rather than putting everyone through the ordeal of trying to spell out my lovely hyphenated first name. <laughs> we just do A J for Amy Joan. Um A J Paquette P A Q U E T T E dot com. There you go. So you can look at those those different sites and see I'm presuming that in on those sites all of your books are listed as well as the one the ones that you're co authoring. Absolutely. Right. That's just great. What is it and you can download final you can download the curriculum guides and stuff there too. Yeah, okay, let me ask you about that. So you're giving away the curriculum guides. Why? Um, just to make it easier for teachers to access the material. Are they long? I mean, it's a PDF, I'm presuming, so. It's a PDF. I think it's about 15 pages long. No, oh, okay, so it's not that long. Okay, yep. Yeah. Because usually authors will charge for absolutely everything. So listeners, you know, this is free. I mean, they're offering that part to you for free, you know. So <laughs> our goal here is to help them sell the books, but they're giving stuff away. <laughs> That's right. So take advantage of that because that too can be quite helpful. And then buy the book goes with the curriculum guide. So there you go. <laughs> That's right. 
<laughs> oh, my goodness. Do you have any final words or thoughts for our, our listening audience? Well, yeah, I would just like to add that, um, you know, one of the things kids always ask me, they kind of give me the side eye when I'm presenting at schools, and they, they always like, did you write this to teach us or did you write this to be fun? They want to know if we're trying to teach or if we're trying to entertain. Um, you know, they're a little bit skeptical. And, and first and foremost, our goal was to entertain. Um, we quickly realized, hey, wow, we can use this to teach also. Um, but when it came down to making a decision, well, it would be, you know, more educational if we did this. We always went back to, no, first and foremost, it has to be fun. Um, and so, yes, we wanted to teach, we wanted to educate, but our number one goal was to make it entertaining and fun. Um, so just to get that out there. <laughs> I, well, I think that's wonderful because you know what? If you're having fun and you're being entertained, you learn more. This is why Jeopardy is so popular. This is why, you know, what's that other show? Wheel of Fortune is so popular. People have been on Wheel of Fortune and said they learned how to speak English because they watched that show. And people right. on Jeopardy have said, oh, yeah, I learned a whole lot, and I actually got into college because I was watching Jeopardy all the time, and I learned things I never knew. So when you're, you know, we all learn in different ways, but I really do think the one constant, the constant denominator, you know, the common denominator is typically if you're having fun, you learn better because you want to. There's a desire there. And yep. you nailed it. You both nailed it with this book. You really, really did. I can't wait to get my hands on the second one. It is very entertaining. It's great. As I said, I keep it in my waiting room. I'll keep the next one there. And I primarily have adults. I mean, I have a lot of kids, but usually when they're coming in, they're in serious condition and they're not into reading a book. But the adults, they're, you know, they'll come in and they'll be reading it. And they'll, like I said, they'll come in and try to tell me something. I'll say, seriously? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, 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 I did read it. Compliment oh, yeah. when people want to share the information. They do. That they they absolutely about. want to share. Yeah, because it's in, because it is interesting. That's what I mean by this isn't the stuff out there. You know, uh, the typical thing about like sunscreen. It's it goes two ways. You've got to find the happy medium. You know, that's been out there over and over and over again. We all know that. These are very different, and and they're just worth exploring. And you know. If you want to keep your mind young, you want to continue to learn. That's why they tell you to do puzzles. And this is actually a great puzzle that isn't something that you need, you know, a pen for. You just need to sit there and think and puzzle it out in your head. So kudos to both of you for doing a wonderful job with this book. I, I hope it's a huge success for you, the whole series, because it's, it's marvelous. And I think it's something that needs to be put out there because learning is, is not always fun, but this certainly is. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. That's great to hear. You are quite welcome. And we're almost at the uh, top of the hour, ladies. So before we go, is there anything else that you'd like to say um, about your book or about you? Well, just how full we are for, um, you know, people like you. You know, it's been so wonderful to just sit here and talk books. Um, and for all of those who buy books and read books, um, you know, there's a lot of things you can spend your money on. And, and you know, to – for, for us and for any author, I think it's, it's just so rewarding when you have that reader support and when you, when you see the reviews on Amazon and when you hear people talking to one another and sort of sharing the excitement, it, you know, it helps us keep doing what we do. And, and um, you know, it just is very, it, it, it makes us very glad and, and happy to be able to share these stories and then to see them being, uh, you know, celebrated and appreciated in this way. And, and I hope that you're very proud of the work that you're doing because you, you, you deserve to be proud of what you're doing and, and kudos to you again. And thank you so much for taking time to be on the show. I appreciate that very much. And I thank you. I'm most grateful for you taking time from two separate coasts to, to join in this conversation and help spread the word about your books. Thank you very much. Our pleasure. Thank you so much. Yes, Steve. our pleasure. You're welcome. Okay, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we are meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. 
On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, a lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting this summer. Please check out Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, where every dollar of every donation directly supports children in need, 100%. We're run by volunteers. No one gets a salary. If you're working at Soji Huggles or doing anything, you're working for free. You are a volunteer. There's no compensation. (laughs) And uh, let's see, we just turned two on March 2nd. And we are already in our five-year, met our five-year goal. So we're very happy about that. And I invite you to please check out our website, SojiHuggles.org. Don't forget to follow me on both Twitter at NRG Aware Radio and at SojiHuggles. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care. And stay well. One five one nine four seven. Now, the first one is a hundred milligrams in the truck, the second is fifty because it depends on the migraine, which I need to take. And it is in I have to call and fight with my um, insurance company because the generic brands do not work on me, and they signed my case and said, okay, we don't want it back. So I don't know if you're going to have an argument with them or not. You know, and I said to my doctor, can you give me both simply because I'm paying like $11 a pill. And if I get a migraine and I'm not at home, it gets so bad that I need to take two. Whereas if I took one, it's a money-saving thing. But I'll go with the 50 now because I'm desperate. And, <laughs> and then I'll fight with them about the 100 as well, and then I can probably call that in later. Well, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they probably figured, well, we'll do the 50. And once I explained to them, I'm trying to save you people money as well, but they won't look at it that way, I'm sure. Um, because when I, I, I said to the woman, I can, you know what, I'll just stick with the 50 and I'll keep taking them, and then they'll learn the hard way. I, just, I can't fight with them anymore. They're just hard. <laughs> They're too hard to fight with. So I will, um, but when this comes in, and I know it usually takes a day or two to get in, it is the Imitrex. It can't be whatever the other thing is. Okay, great. Thank you so much. I appreciate your help. Thank you, too. Bye-bye.